A special thanks goes out to the folks at Spotify for bringing you this podcast. Hello again, everyone. Today, we celebrate Season 4 of Tom Reads Your Story. I'm Tom Zania, and this is Tom Reads Your Story. Coming to you almost live, it's time once again for Tom Reads Your Story, the number one spoken word podcast on the web for audiobooks, social media posts, current events, and just plain whatever. So let's start the show. For the next half hour, I'll be your host. I'm voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. And we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Tom Reads Your Story. I was gone a little bit uh, last week. I couldn't be with you. Took some time off. Uh, Went down to Atlantic City. That's in New Jersey, for those of you uh, listening in the Midwest and and on the West Coast. (laughs) It's a place where they got all kinds of gambling. And, uh, well, I had hoped for some more sunshine uh, and maybe uh, a chance to sit on the beach, but unfortunately it was a little too cool for that. And uh, I did have some fun uh, doing a little bit of gambling. I don't do much of that stuff, but I did partake of it, and I did some some walking uh, on the boardwalk, which is a pretty long boardwalk. If you've ever been there before, it uh, it's full of uh, you know souvenir shops and uh, and uh, things like that. Uh, overall, it was a really nice time in a great hotel, and uh, I highly recommend uh, Bally's uh, in Atlantic City. It's a great place to stay. So anyway, uh, we are back. I'm Tom Zania. I'm an actor a voice actor, and of course now a podcaster, bringing you spoken word, a spoken word podcast every week, I should say, and uh, with the exception of last week. But um, I'm glad you're here today, because today we mark season four of Tom Reads Your Story. Wow, that is that is a big studio audience. We have got a lot of people in here today. <laughs> anyway, what I wanted to do today, which is the beginning of season four, uh, is to just not play an old episode or talk about old episodes, but just show you a little bit about the other stuff that I do recordings of. Anyway, what you're going to be hearing is, uh, let's see, what what do we have? I'm looking at the list here. Oh, Star Trek, uh, The Sea Lion's Friend. That's a children's book I did. Uh, and, of course, these were several years ago. Invictus is a, uh, a Henley poem. Uh, you've heard the uh, So God Made a Dog ad on TV. I sort of did my own version of that. 
Uh, I'm the voice of the largest personal injury law firm in New York, Weitz and Luxembourg. There's a little ad there um, about referring attorneys. Um, of course, a little something from William Blake, uh, a poet, um, Auguries of Innocence. This is a little story I recorded yesterday called Dog Bite. And um, let's see, what else do I have? Carl Sagan, Man and His Arrogance. I think you'll like that one. Uh, a great Goodyear ad that I made for a convention of Goodyear. Let me just surprise you. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. his days in the waves and he lies on the rocks and he sleeps in the caves and so if he longs for a friend by the sea well then these are the places the friend has to be but who else finds joy in the surf and the sun who else thinks that lying on wet rocks is fun the real question is after all in the end who wants to be a sea lion's friend and that's what the sea lion wondered one day. He wondered when friendship would wander his way. Could a friend just appear right out of thin air? If the sea lion blinked, would a new friend be there? Did he think if he wished for a friend to come by, that the friend who he wished for would fall from the sky? Was it only pretend to believe in the end that the wishes he wished could turn into a friend? But then just as he wondered if wishes come true, as he questioned exactly what wishes can do, as he tried to believe that a friend could appear, a seagull flew down and he landed right here. Yes, he dropped from the skies like a total surprise and was staring the sea lion right in the eyes. It was seagull and sea lion there, face to face, head to head, toe to toe, in the very same place. And though one was more fin and the other more feather, they both knew somehow they'd be perfect together. Sure, one had a snout and the other a beak, and the one liked to bark while the other would squeak, though I think some would say it was more of a shriek. But who cares what the sound is as long as you speak? Who cared if one flew while the other was grounded, or if one was thin while the other was rounded, or if one was tall and the other was small. Being different, you see, made no difference at all. The ways they were different were easy to name, but in time they would find they were much more the same. It was friendship, you see, 
that made other things fun, like a dive through the waves or a flop in the sun. And then long after all of the games were begun, it was friendship that made it okay to be done. Join a lovable sea lion and a friendly seagull as they overcome their differences to become fast friends. The Sea Lion's Friend, like all Shankman and O'Neill books, is available online and where books are sold. Want more? Check out shankmanoneal.com for books, fun, lesson plans, and news. And on the ninth day, God looked down on his wide-eyed children and said, they need a companion. So God made a dog. God said, I need somebody to wake up and give kisses, pee on a tree, sleep all day, wake up again, give more kisses, and then stay up till midnight basking in the glow of the television set. So God made a dog. God said, I need somebody willing to sit, then stay, then roll over, then with no ego or complaint, dress in hats they do not need and costumes they do not understand. I need somebody who can break wind without a first thought or a second thought, who can chase tails, sniff crotches, fetch sticks, and lift spirits with a lick. Somebody no matter what you didn't do or couldn't take or didn't win or couldn't make will love you without judgment just the same. So God made a dog. It had to be somebody who would remain patient and loyal even through loneliness, somebody to care, cuddle, snuggle, and nuzzle, and cheer and charm and snore and slobber and eat the trash and chase the squirrels. Somebody who would bring a family together with selflessness of an open heart. Somebody who would bark and then pant and then reply with the rapid wag of tail when their best friend says, let's go for a ride in the car. So God made a dog. Invictus by William Ernest Henley out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears, looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. There are some things you can take for granted in New York, like the world's best skyline, 
like nightlife that never quits, like a hot pastrami on rye that hits the spot, like being able to get fresh, hot bagels at three in the morning, like having a baseball team in the Bronx that's usually at the top of the standings. And for a mass tort law firm seeking a referral relationship, there's a New York City landmark that houses your litigation partner whom you can count on to go the distance for you and your clients. Like a cheesecake from juniors, you and your clients can count on all the elements of the litigation journey to be handled with precision, professionalism, and sensitivity. That starts with case intake and client onboarding. It's carried through to detail-oriented case management, to an enviable track record in MDL leadership, and in winning results in bellwether trials and other courtroom successes. It is articulated through settlement negotiation on a national scale. And to settlement administration, all of which reflects the staying power of Whites and Luxembourg, where we are with a litigation until the last dollar is distributed to your clients and to you. We work hard to maximize the investment you've made in case acquisition, since we represent you as equally as we represent ourselves. We're Whites and Luxembourg. We have a 30-year winning streak that we are happy to share with you. We can get started in a New York minute. Just say the word. Dog Bite by Josh Kirk We went in search far and wide to find the gold his men would hide. We built the ship and took a ride to sail across the great divide. And when our boots had touched the ground, rocks and dirt was all we found until we heard that cracking sound of the beast the barking hound. To all our shock and God's wonder, she would lead us to raid and plunder, to kill the king and cast asunder with a bite from hell and a bark of thunder. Through the storms and cold we'd brave for the gold that we did crave. We'd spend it all with none to save and drink ourselves right to the grave. And while the hound had ate and grown, we learned from her and what she'd shown, sacked a kingdom and burned a throne, while the hound had chewed a bone. For it did not matter if we won, if we had our gold when the deed was done. All that mattered was the sword and gun, Less for the gold, and more for the fun. So what we learned and what we knew, Is through our gold our numbers grew. For I had missed my pirate crew, With a hound from hell, and a bone to chew. To see a world in a grain of sand, and heaven in a wildflower, hold infinity in the palm of your hand, 
and eternity in an hour. William Blake See that star? It might not be there anymore. It might be gone by now, exploded or something. Its light is still crossing space, just reaching our eyes now. But we don't see it as it is. We see it as it was. Many people experience a stirring sense of wonder when they first confront this simple truth. Why? Why should it be so compelling? The immense distances to the stars and the galaxies means we see everything in the past, some as they were before the Earth came to be. Telescopes are time machines. Long ago, when an early galaxy began to pour light out into the surrounding darkness, no witness could have known that billions of years later, some remote clumps of rock and metal ice and organic molecules would fall together to form a place that we call Earth. And surely, nobody could have imagined that life would arise and thinking beings evolve who would one day capture a fraction of that light and would try to puzzle out what sent it on its way. We can recognize here a shortcoming, in some circumstances serious, in our ability to understand the world. Characteristically, willy-nilly, we seem compelled to project our own nature onto nature. Man, in his arrogance, thinks himself a great work worthy of the interposition of a deity, Darwin wrote in his notebook, more humble and, I think, truer to consider himself created from animals. We're Johnny-come-latelys. We live in the cosmic boondocks. We emerged from microbes and muck. Apes are our cousins. Our thoughts are not entirely our own, and on top of that, we're making a mess of our planet and becoming a danger to ourselves. The trapdoor beneath our feet swings open. We find ourselves in bottomless freefall. We are lost in a great darkness, and there is nobody to send out a search party. Given so harsh a reality, of course, we are inclined to shut our eyes and pretend that we are safe and snug at home. That the fall is only a bad dream. If it takes a little myth and ritual to get us through a night that seems endless, who among us cannot sympathize and understand? We long to be here for a purpose, even though, despite such self-deception, none is evident. The significance of our lives and our fragile planet is then determined by our own wisdom and courage. We are the custodians of life's meaning. We long for parents to care for us, to forgive us of our errors, to save us from our childish mistakes. But knowledge is preferable to ignorance. Better by far to embrace the harsh reality than a reassuring fable. Modern science has been a voyage into the unknown, with a lesson in humility waiting at every stop. Our common sense intuitions can be mistaken. Our preferences don't count. We do not live in a privileged reference frame. If we crave some cosmic purpose, then let us find ourselves a worthy goal.
no one could have predicted. The scale, scope, and the kinds of challenges we all faced in 2020. Yet even with a global pandemic, bringing much of the world to a halt, Goodyear continues driving forward. And the very thing that empowers us to move ahead today are the forward-thinking plans and strategies, the products, promotions, and programs, and all the work we did through the years. Work that helps ensure you have what you need to survive and to thrive. So, driving forward, how will we continue to win together with consumers and fleets in an uncertain new world? By making the most of who we are right now. We're leaders, innovators, connectors, and partners. We're always looking, listening, and anticipating the latest trends. So that when things change, or challenges come from out of nowhere like a global pandemic, together, we can weather the storm. It's why we're always preparing for what's around the corner, or just over the horizon. Because our job is to look ahead, to chart the course through curves and turns that are plain to see, and to navigate the detours no one expects, so that you can continue to run your business, grow your business, and build your future with Goodyear. The road we've taken got us here today. And no matter where the road takes us tomorrow, together, we're driving forward. And I really hope that you like those. Just a little bit more about me on this season four celebration of uh, of myself and <laughs> of Tom Reader's story, excuse me. Um, I'm glad you're with me this week and every week, and I invite you to come around and listen to what I have to say. If you think if you think that's important to listen to, and I hope you do. But uh, <laughs> I, um, I want to thank you very much for joining me on the, the season four episode, because that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Tom Read Your Story. Portions were pre-recorded. Please tell your friends if you enjoyed your visit today, because we're always looking for new ones. Let's close the season four uh, celebration uh, with uh, just a, a little uh, song uh, that's kind of about two people, one relating to a listener. So I'm Tom Zania. Until next time, this is Tom Read Your Story. Take care. It's quarter to three There's no one in the place Except you and me So set em up, Joe I've got a little story 
I think you should know We're drinking, my friend To the end Of a brief episode So make it One for my baby And one more for the road I know the routine Put another quarter In the machine I feel kind of bad Can't you make the music Easy and sad I could tell you a lot But it's not In a gentleman's code So make it One for my baby And one more for the road You'd never know it But buddy, I'm a kind of poet And I got a lot of things I'd like to say So if I'm gloomy Please listen to me Till it's talked away Well That's how it goes And Joe, I know you're getting Anxious to close Anyway, thanks for the cheer I hope you didn't mind My bend in your ear But this torch that I found It's gotta be drowned Or it soon might explode So make it one for my baby And another for the road The long It's damn long It's so long This is Tom Zania. For more information on my availability for your e-learning, commercial, or audiobook project, visit my website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. We hope you visit us again real soon for another episode of Tom Reads Your Story.